What is up, podcast listeners? Thank you for giving me a few moments of your day to listen to this podcast. This is the Matt Baxter Show. I'm your host, Matt Baxter, and this podcast is about purpose, passion, and calling. Super stoked to have you as a listener because we're going to dive into some awesome, intense stories about people who are going through this journey of this thing called life, and we're all just figuring this out together. But seriously, you're giving me a little bit of your time, and I want to make sure it's valuable and worthwhile. So have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? When I was getting this podcast off the ground, we first started as the Wedgecast, evolved into the Matt Baxter Show. There was a lot of questions that we had, like, how do I record an episode? How do I get my show in all the different places like Spotify, Apple Music, Anchor, Zencaster, all these different places. And yet it just seemed very, very complicated. But the simple thing for us as we began to navigate the waters is the answer to every single one of these questions, questions excuse me, was really simple. It's Anchor. Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, distributing your podcast. Best of all, it's 100% free. Yeah, free. And it's ridiculously easy to use. And now Anchor can match you with great sponsors who want to advertise in your podcast. That means you can get paid podcast right away. In fact, that's what I'm doing right now. Yeah, making money. Okay, it's sweet. It's easy. It's not a big cheap plug on an ad, but it's just simple and easy to use. So for us, it's one of the best parts about it is we can do it entirely remote or in studio. So you can record, you've got that really, really high, you know, high in the sky person that you're going to have as a guest on your podcast. You got to do it remote. Anchor is easy to use. You got people who are willing to come to your studio, your house, your office, wherever you're recording it. Boom. Anchor. Love it. Simple, easy, simple and easy to use. So if you ever want to start a podcast, make money doing it, go to anchor.fm slash start. Join me in the diverse community of podcasters already using Anchor. That's anchor.fm slash start. Can't wait to hear your podcast. What's up, everybody, on this episode of the podcast? This is a little bit of a unique podcast, I will say. So it's me hanging out with six Lebanese people, and they are amazing. Each and every single one I was just inspired by. I was uh, just I, – I was a sponge and just learned so much by everything that they have going on all across the world. Uh, that was for one part, you know, thank, thank goodness for Zoom, uh, being able to help us record from all across the world. And, and what the mission here, so, so Roy and I were communicating back and forth, and the mission of what they're doing here for Jobs for Lebanon is helping these amazingly talented people coming out of Lebanon, either in the country or around the world, who need jobs. They're talented. They are you know, well-equipped to be able to take on amazingly in-depth projects, uh, career paths, any number of different things. And there's this crisis going on beyond COVID um, in Lebanon. And what we just talk about is the understanding a couple people recording are actually based there and talk about feet, you know, feats on the streets and, and some of the, the challenges and, and some of the negatives going on. And what this group is trying to do is say, how can we help people um, from Lebanon get jobs that they deserve, that they're valued, that the companies can really benefit from these people working for them as well too. And so for me, this was super fascinating because I had a huge chance to learn what's going on over there from people who are actually living it or people who came from Lebanon. And then the other amazing piece is not only is this group 
taking this and specifically creating a, a way to help people out of Lebanon get jobs, but they're doing this for all other people groups as well too. And so I'm just super inspired and excited about what's going on. There's hardship, but they're figuring out how to overcome that and, and create better lives for people as well too. And so I would highly encourage you to listen to this, not only for a you know, better understanding of what's going on in Lebanon, because admittedly, I didn't have much knowledge of it. But also, if you're interested in figuring out, we have a, a suppressed people group that need to, to get out of that, need to get jobs, need to get better lifestyles. Learning from how this organization and Jobs for Lebanon and all these amazing people on this show are, are doing it, I would highly recommend. So Roy and everybody else on this, I, I just need to give a huge shout out to, hats off to you guys. Just a huge thank you for, for giving me an hour of your time to talk talk it up talk a little smack and just just enjoy uh you know learning what's going on in lebanon so thanks a ton thanks everybody for being here welcome to the podcast this is going to be an absolute blast we are recording here with six or seven people from all around the world we're going to hear a lot about what they're doing in lebanon and the work and sort of the informational stuff but roy and i just we we initially were back and forth talking about hey some of the amazing work that you guys have going on i thought what what a fun conversation admittedly i don't know a ton about what you're doing and i thought what a better way for me to learn and then also share it with the world as well too so can we just get a little information about for one who's on this call because you guys are recording from all around the world and we'd just love to hear a little bit of the story hey hi uh how are you i'm uh isabel uh i'm a designer filmmaker lebanese american and i've lived uh, here and there my whole life. Um, I actually just came back to DC a month ago uh, after being in Lebanon for five years. And um, I think leaving this time was uh, a bit different. It's because I think I went back to Lebanon wanting to build a future and it just, times got rough. Um, and I think uh, leaving this time made me realize that I am lucky that I can do that and seek opportunity elsewhere. Um, whereas a lot of Lebanese do not have that and um, like friends, anybody, and they're very talented, very hardworking. Um, and I don't think they're just talented on a Lebanese scale. I think they're talented internationally. And so being a part of this initiative is more, it's like mainly for them um, and to help them. <laughs> Hi, Matt. Uh, thank you for having us. Uh, my name is Kinda Awad. I live in New York City. And sorry, <laughs> I got a notification. And um, I work at AccuWeather. I work in product management and audience growth. So what I do is I collect data, I analyze the insights, and I take data-driven decisions to help grow our audiences across all platforms and to uh, enhance our digital products and contact content accordingly. And this is exactly what I'm doing at Jobs for Lebanon too. For anyone who missed it, Kinda was on, on mute for a quick second. Uh, Kinda's doing exactly that at AccuWeather in New York City. Oh, sorry. But we're back. Did I say it yeah. again? No, no, it's awesome. We, we got it. We're good to go. Uh, that's, that's amazing. I have a lot of questions about how you analyze landslides that we might have to take off, off, off record at some point, but <laughs> I got all your answers. I'll be happy to you. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> Hello everyone. I'm Edwin. Um, I am extremely fortunate and, and happy and, and fulfilled to be part of such an important initiative, uh, just for Lebanon. Um, I joined from, from the get-go, uh, so I'm a 
user experience and visual designer. I've been doing this for 10, 12 years now. Um, I'm based in New York City. I'm user experience lead at uh, AXA, uh, the insurance company in New York. And um, I help lead the design efforts at, uh, at, at Jaws for Lebanon. Um, this is so important to me. There are so many people in Lebanon um, that are way more talented than I am. Uh, and so I want to be able to give them, to do my part in giving them the opportunity. And not just for, for, for Lebanese, but for any, any disenfranchised and any uh, talented person that doesn't have the opportunity that I, I was lucky to have. So that's, that, that's what drives me. Okay. Hi, I'm Fabienne. I'm uh, half Lebanese, half Austrian. Um, I live in Beirut. I think I'm the only one in the school that actually lives in Beirut, Lebanon. I've been here for a part of my life. I've been a bit uh, everywhere around the world. Um, I'm a senior art director at Leo Burnett and uh, I work on uh, PNG brands. I joined the uh, Jobs for Lebanon from the start and I've been through all of the phases that led us actually to Jobs for Lebanon and all of the insights of everything happening on the ground and living it and being on the streets and also uh, being jobless for, uh, for a while. So um, I can share my insights with you guys on what's happening live from here. Okay, uh, I think it's my turn. Hi, uh, everyone. I'm, I'm George. I'm based in Dublin, and I work at uh, at Google. I'm leading on the accelerated growth program for the Middle East North African market. Um, before that, I have a background in tech. Um, worked at eBay, at Uber, and uh, I lived in London for six years. Before that, I was in Lebanon, and it was really sad to to leave the country. Um, uh, so the reasons, some of the reasons why I joined Jobs for Lebanon is exactly because um, I remember when I struggled so much finding internships and finding uh, jobs straight after uni or even during uni university that I told myself might as well um, help the Lebanese community, especially in the times that we're, we're, uh, we're going through right now. So um, yeah, I'm, I'm also handling uh, employer, uh, I'm trying to attract uh, attract as many employers as I can to the platform, um, helping the team with partnerships and growth strategies. And so far, I can say that the team has been doing an amazing job. <laughs> nice. Hi, I'm Roy. Um, also one of the co-founders of Jobs for Lebanon. I live in San Francisco. Um, I've been in the U.S. for 19 years. So uh, doing something for Lebanon uh, when the when the you know when the call came was just supernatural. Uh, Edwin and I are both brothers. We're both on this team. My sister is also on this team. So it's, there are 30 volunteers now. Um, I work at Smart Recruiters. I had communication and corporate social responsibility efforts there. Um, and uh, yeah, doing it for Lebanon, really, uh, for everyone who's basically choked off uh, because the economy is just so dire. So what I've heard and also, you know, doing a little bit of my, my diligence on this, it sounds like, you know, overall, there is a remarkably talented demographic of, of people coming out of Lebanon. And it sounds like on, on twofold one, the economy, economy has certainly sort of choke held people from growing there, but also, you know, cut off from exp expanding that to other, you know, 
markets in the, in, in the, around the world and getting, getting people jobs. And so I was actually, uh, I had a chance to go to Israel as my first Middle Eastern travel a year ago. And obviously just hearing Middle East in general and good and bad and everything going on over there. But so just from like the high level, I, I'd love just a little bit for, from an outsider's perspective, what don't we know about what's happening in Lebanon that we should know? You know, what's, what's sort of at the high level going on over there that the world needs to know and sort of create this inspiration of, of hiring these great, talented people? I'd love just a couple perspectives on that. Imagine if what's going on right now in the world where you cannot leave your house, you're quarantined. Imagine that, plus you can't access your own money in the bank. So no money, can't leave the house. So this has uh, happened uh, back in uh, December, November, December in Lebanon, where uh, an extra tax was placed on the people and the tax was on every WhatsApp call. I don't even know how they could even enact that. But that was the straw that broke the camel's back. And that was the straw that got people on the street saying, hey, enough. Um, shortly after, the banks announced that, sorry, we're out of money. And so you can only withdraw if you go to the bank at the time was $300 a week, or now it's $150 a week. It doesn't matter how much money you have, whether it's a thousand or a hundred thousand or a million or 10 million, that's all you can withdraw. And that's to pay for groceries or kids tuition for importing goods to a certain extent and uh, to pay bills and whatever it is that you needed to do. Uh, and paying employees. So literally that choked off the country. On top of it, other neighbor Syria just has its own set of problems. And with Israel, the borders are closed. And then you've got the sea. So it's a very small country, smaller than the size of Connecticut, where uh, basically the economy shut down and you have people who are extremely educated, like one of the highest educational systems in the world. Uh, where um, people with 15, 20 years of experience, um, you know, you have a family where the mom's an architect. She's been an architect for 10 years. Dad's a university professor, been a university professor for that amount of time. They have two kids. They both lost their jobs. They can't withdraw their money. What do they do? And just like them, there's 200,000 cases and counting in Lebanon taking place uh, right now. Um, I would just like to add to this that the revolution was also the result of 30 years of corruption, um, which led to this crisis, basically. But I can honestly say that the Lebanese revolution was maybe the most creative revolution in history. Uh, Lebanon really boomed in many art installations, songs, graffitis. You had people getting married on the street during the revolution. You had the Lebanese diaspora leading protests abroad and broadcasting it in Lebanon to support the country. It was very creative, but the most creative thing was the human chain, uh, which is why we made sure to incorporate it in our logo, because it was very inspiring to see people literally standing hand in hand from south to north to block the street and to fight for the greater good. And keep in mind that these are people that were like people from different generations, people from different classes, people from different religions. It was very inspiring. And this, this essence and this, and this environment during the revolution was the motive behind many humanitarian initiatives, including Jobs for Lebanon. So it wasn't all ugly. There was a lot of pretty stuff that came out of it too. 
And to build on top of that as well is um, it, it 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 was the start of of um, so many movements. I mean, including Josh Levin, like like Kinda just said. I mean, I actually met Kinda <clears throat> at the revolutions that were taking place in New York City. Um, and you know this unity that you saw from from the Lebanese diaspora, from the uh, uh, huge portions of the Lebanese population, um, uh, was not seen in in, in twenty years. Um, <clears throat> this this unity, this l- love for country before love for 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 sectarianism, for faction, for religion, for anything else, which were a lot of the reasons that Lebanon was divided in the first place and during the war. Um, kind of emerged, and and this uh, new sense of uh, identity as as a Lebanese um, emerged from that, and it, it corralled the the Lebanese diaspora in, in a way that we had not seen in thirty years. And so, so many good things have come out of that, and it's it's inspired movements not just in Lebanon but actually in many other countries as well. Um, so it's it's heartwarming to see that when you actually come together, we put our differences. Uh, when we disregard the differences, um, we, we, the sum of our parts is greater than our individual uh, contributions. So it's it's been so inspiring. I'd like to I add. Wanna... Oh, oh, sorry, George, go, go ahead. ahead. <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead. It's fine. I just wanted to add just a small um, bracket is that also on the ground, you felt like for quite some time, people were very frustrated on the streets. So the way they were driving, everyone used to like honk at each other and scream at each other, but something changed during this revolution. So when we were on the ground, for example, before, if someone would like hit, hit me by mistake, I would look at them or they would look at me and there was this kind of frustration that we all had. But during the revolution, something changed in the air. So let's say we were, I was every day on the streets um, fighting for our rights, for our basic needs, electricity, uh, education, access to our money. So while Roy was saying, for example, we had a limit to our own money that are in the banks, we had to go wait in banks every week for maybe three hours or half a day where we're for two, two, three hundred dollars asking for our own money. We couldn't even travel abroad because even abroad, they didn't want us to take our dollars and spend them outside. So we would travel and we would uh, be cut off of our own budget. But what I was saying is that on the ground, there was this thing where everything changed. So if we would bump into each other, we would genuinely be sorry and excuse ourselves. So it wasn't anymore this, this stare of, frustration and hatred. It was more about love and we're in this together and we'll get through this together. And also on top of everything from the revolution to the um, money, the bank stealing our money, there's also a huge devaluation of of the Lebanese pounds. So before a dollar was equal to 1,500 Lebanese pounds. Today, right now, a dollar is equal to 4,000 Lebanese pounds, and it's still, get, it's still growing. So people aren't afford, already they weren't able to afford uh, their basic needs and to be able to eat, but uh, now they, they, they can't live anymore. And even with this confinement, so there is no work, people are um, left jobless, they can't uh, go out to find a job. Uh, they're paid in Lebanese pounds, so it's, uh, their, it's, their salary is cut in four. So 
people here are also not really respecting this kind of confinement. And you can hear a lot of people on the streets today, exactly. People are on the streets, blocking the streets again. The revolution is starting again. People are screaming that they prefer to die of corona than to die of hunger. So there is this need and, they, and they're, they're talented and they're educated and they can have a job, but because of everything that's happening, they're jobless. And this is why Jobs for Lebanon is exactly what everyone needs right now. Yeah, thank you. I mean, oh, Isabel, go ahead. You had something else to add. Go ahead. No, just following uh, like Fabian's uh, idea, I think that also even before the revolution, um, like uh, I think I experienced also working a little bit in Lebanon, and I think there like was already initially a problem of people that are talented or not necessarily like part of uh, a corrupted system or something that um, it wasn't, you know, it's, they wouldn't be getting anywhere or, um, you know, they wouldn't be able to be a part of the system or the work force and stuff like that. And I think that um, a lot of people have suffered from it. And I think mainly it is the hardworking Lebanese who do suffer from it. Um, so uh, yeah, that's just to add on to um, the revolution idea. <laughs> yeah, thanks for thanks for sharing that. And I I guess I didn't really, with everybody in this call, share my background. I own a tech startup, and so as I'm hearing you guys say this, I'm thinking, man, I should probably consider hiring a couple people. So that transitions, I guess, into my next question is sort of the the practical goal. Okay, so I'm hearing this, and I feel inspired, you know, to get this message out here. But also as a as a business owner, I think, okay, what kind of talent could I get, and talented people could I get? So what would be the tangible goal of what we're trying to do here i say we as if i'm all of a sudden part of it but what what's the tangible goal here of like what 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 the what you guys are trying to do are we trying to hire people there to stay there is it trying to hire to get experience and do what you guys are doing across the world and come back i mean what would be sort of the the the, the real goal of like hey we nailed it we did what we were supposed to what would that look like so I'm, I'm, I think I'm going to start by taking this one on. Um, so like you know, Jobs for Lebanon is a platform. It's a peer-to-peer -peer platform that allows uh, to put in touch recruiters with uh, talents. And in wake of all those um, uh, consequences that have been happening over the past few months, there's a lot of skilled uh, workforce. There's a lot of talent that is going to, unfortunately, to waste because either there is no job openings or they're uh, losing their jobs. So our goal is to make sure that we can put them in touch with um, with employers now to answer your question uh, obviously our goal is to find and sort to help them source uh, as many jobs as we can whether in or outside of Lebanon whether full-time part-times um, or a fixed uh, term contract or whatever across all the possible um, industries that are out there it can be healthcare it can be tech it can be you name it um, uh, we've been doing a lot of work into is trying to establish partnerships with uh, large uh, recruitment agencies, with tech companies that can actually help us uh, increase our, uh, our outreach. Uh, we've been trying to uh, get in touch with a lot of um, uh, influencers to spread out the message. Uh, but eventually, our goal is to make sure that uh, we get as many um, talents as many candidates employed as possible whether for the fixed or the long term because at the end of the day they, there is a need for uh, uh, 
employees. So there, there is a need for hiring, but at the same time, uh, if it's not in Lebanon, it can be in all our neighboring countries or across the world, because we're trying to empower the Lebanese diaspora worldwide to actually hire those uh, qualified uh, talents, which is comprised of various skill sets, um, whether in or outside of Lebanon. To add to that, on the like, you know, actual numbers, we're six weeks old. Uh, we have, I mean, the goal is nothing short of creating a new economic sector in Lebanon, right? tech outsourcing. So uh, in the last six weeks, uh, 180 jobs have been posted and 1,500 candidates have applied to these jobs. And uh, we know that at least 13 people have landed jobs already. Uh, which is great because that would be a great number in and of itself, but add to it the global epidemic and, you know, everything shutting down, then that's even more remarkable. Uh, so that's uh, at, a, at a high level, the, the numbers that we're going for. But in doing so, we are going to be getting expats from every country around the world to connect, to collaborate, hold hands, you know, just figuratively, but literally to create jobs for Lebanese in Lebanon. We've had um, expats, so 35,000 people visit the sites from 134 different countries. So, uh, and with it, it's starting beyond partnerships and ambassador program where we're gonna have an ambassador in every city to come and spread the word. Uh, yeah, so that's, that's what I have to, to add to it. Just to give you a bit of context, uh, Lebanon has a huge brain drain. We have, we don't even know the exact amount of expats, but we have around 16 million expats and 6 million uh, Lebanese in Lebanon. And unfortunately, our passport is not the best. So the essence of Jobs for Lebanon, of course, we welcome any position. We are here to help people find jobs and help people during these times. But the essence of Jobs for Lebanon was really um, to encourage the diaspora to create these opportunities for people that are that are stuck in a country that doesn't even support their basic needs. So we are filling this gap and satisfying this need. And it's been really, really amazing, just like I just said and discussed about the numbers. I'm just going to build on that. Um, the numbers that we shared so far are the numbers of six weeks of um, of, um, in, of start, uh, and we're treating we're treating this as a business. We actually have team meetings all week. We prioritize them over anything. Um, we're trying to drive this business, well, this NGO forward uh, the same way anyone would treat a business. However, our only goal is to make sure that we can try to hire, to have as many hires as possible, because at the end of the day, our goal is to help. And uh, we're doing everything we can to just drive this project forward um, as a team. And the team has been so, so hard at work over the past six weeks and even more that um, we're happy of the results and we're, we have very long-term goals that we want to accomplish. And I'm sure that if we continue that way with the right people and the right uh, uh, skill set, we will achieve our goal of helping as many Lebanese as we can. And I just want to add one thing. Uh, so in, in your question, you asked, is the goal to uh, let the Lebanese uh, work from Lebanon or for them to find opportunities abroad um, and to gain that experience? Both, you know, uh, we're very aware that every Lebanese we help, we're helping an entire family. 
right? Every person that finds a job is an entire family. So whether that increases the, the, the number of, of Lebanese that get sponsored and, and uh, find jobs abroad, or they can work from Lebanon because they're not able to leave, both. And I think that all that experience will build up, all that, um, it'll definitely help with the brain drain, right? That uh, Kinda mentioned. Um, but we're, we're, we're definitely aware that every single uh, Lebanese that we can help uh, is helping the entire family. Uh, and so all we, all we can do is, is create those opportunities, right? Uh, improve that bond between the diaspora and the, the Lebanese in Lebanon. Build on that goodwill and that compassion uh, that's, that started, you know, that, that, that's been in us the whole time, but that got reignited during the, um, the, the revolution. And, uh, yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, it's, um, uh, it's, uh, it's, 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 it's gonna be, it's, it's a long, long road. Uh, but, uh, hopefully we can, we can show that our group itself is a microcosm of, of, of what, what we can be and what we can achieve. Um, and you, you can't change people's lives. You can just create opportunities. Um, and, and that's, that's all, all, all we, can, we can hope for is create those opportunities and hopefully make leaving Lebanon to find opportunities abroad an option, not an obligation. You know, um, obviously, I would, I would, I would love to, 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 to have what I have here in, in Lebanon and watch my parents grow older and, and watch my nephews and nieces grow older and spend time with them. But, uh, you know, hopefully for the next generation that's coming up after us and all the Lebanese in Lebanon, it's, it's a choice. They can actually achieve that in Lebanon. They don't have to leave they don't, if, if they don't want to. Uh, it's, it's an option. It's not an obligation. And I think during the coronavirus, there's also like this growing um, thing of working remotely. So um, I think that um, it's a good time for us to have started, you know, um, you know, giving the opportunity for people in Lebanon to work remotely and for them to realize that not like not having the right passport or you know not needing a working visa to get out of the country that working remotely is probably going to become more and more popular and hopefully it will break down the barriers of you know uh you're living in the u.s you have better opportunities or you live in Lebanon, you have better opportunities you know so uh it's it's certainly inspiring obviously just to to hear the background and the story of something that obviously i was not super aware of and so i'm i'm just sort of thinking through and getting the wheels turning so to take this we all, we all are in either tech or know what the word scale looks like so beyond just what you're doing in lebanon and saying hey let's attract jobs let's attract talent let's attract sort of the the mutual connection or at least the awareness for jobs to be created whether they're locally or abroad i mean just as you mentioned, one job create, impacts a family, which in, in, impacts a community, which impacts, you know, just the trickle effect. So what, what are we doing here? What are we learning here that we could not only take and, and, and figure out for another, uh, in Holland, Michigan, if a disastrous were to come and we wanted to create jobs around here, what are you learning now? What's the trickle effect now that we could take for any area around the world or around the, you know, in a, in a certain community and say, we can rally around this, we can create jobs around this. So I'd just love to hear sort of what you're learning in the midst of all this. And it's crazy how a crisis creates such a unique forming of community. If either in both circumstances, if either, you know, COVID or specifically what's happening in Lebanon, we probably wouldn't be having this conversation. But yet the fact that they are, you, you know, unites people. And so how can we sort of take that and make it a broader impact scale, if you will, uh, to different communities around the world as well, too? 
Very, very deep question, right? We could talk for probably hours and hours and hours about that. But at the high level, just hear, love to hear you guys' perspective. So I would say that we got lucky in some way, even if the situation was very, very, very ugly. We got lucky because we, it, uh, like the situation in Lebanon helped us be ahead of the curve in terms of providing these remote positions before COVID-19 and the pandemic hit. So doing that before it really became trendy really helped us inspire other other countries in the world because it's only during these times during hard times that people understand uh, understand the importance of standing uh, in solidarity with each other and so building that inspired other countries to replicate the same uh, website and the same model to help their fellow uh, citizens uh, go through these hard times. And we've had many countries contact us to duplicate the same project. And this is the most heartwarming feeling ever, especially that we're volunteering for the greater good. So knowing that this idea that started for a small country in the Middle East is growing into a global movement that is helping cultures, families during the hardest time that we've ever witnessed is really, really inspiring and fulfilling. We talked about, uh, so I work at Smart Recruiters on the corporate social responsibility front. We're talking about a global mo movement of inclusion. What is a movement? Uh, I didn't know. I had no clue what a movement was, right? Like it's, uh, I'd never been, been, been part of one. And then all of a sudden, it just started with one phone call, a bunch of us getting together, kindred spirits, highly talented, able to produce things that I've never seen come together, uh, putting so much heart, and now adding up to 30 volunteers working on this, um, really dedicated, um, including someone coming in and saying, hey, I'll, I'll incorporate this as an NGO, uh, if, you'd like, if you'd like me to, and if you'd like, absolutely. Then um, came uh, a recruiter in uh, the Netherlands, Lisbeth de Hoek, who contacted Jerome. Uh, Jerome's the founder of Smart Recruiters. And she told him, hey, I see what you guys are doing in Jobs for Lebanon. I'd love to be able to have a recruiting system for the Netherlands. Jerome connects them to us. We cloned what we have, literally cloned the site. And if you check recruitersforgood.nl, you'll see an exact replica of jobsforlebanon.com. And now uh, they, it didn't just get a lot of recruiters to come together um, and collaborate, but it's also brought children to an initiative to get children to go to hospitals and care for the elderly. So it's a movement of inclusion that's taking place right there and including recruiters right now who are high influencers in the Netherlands are joining that movement. Shortly after, <clears throat> Andrea Kirby in Australia and Rich Lewis reached out and said, hey, I'd love to, uh, can we do something like that for Australia? So we cloned jobs for Lebanon. And now I'm seeing 26 people in jobsforaustralia.com, 26 recruiters who have made themselves available to help candidates with mentoring, career coaching, and things like that, uh, with partnerships from various large players in Australia. That's inspired this movement. And you're going to see today um, an initiative called Recruiters Recruiting Recruiters right here in the United States, <clears throat> led by Jerry Crispin in a consortium of large enterprises, uh, like we're talking about Ernst & Young, 
Uber, Nike, Dell, Marriott, Hilton, uh, the list goes on, uh, are partnering in order to support recruiters who are hiring, support recruiters who are looking for work in this mega country. Uh, and that is also inspired and cloned from Jobs for Lebanon. Um, and then down the road, there's Jobs for Ireland that's coming up and Jobs for Canada that's coming up. So now we kind of start to understand what is a global movement. Uh, Edwin, our designer, designed all the logos. Uh, this chain is expanding to the world. Um, and, and we're now we're talking about having a meeting where we can get all the organizers of these different movements together and we're supporting each other. It's like whatever anyone builds, everybody else gets access to. So this, is, this has been a beautiful show of inclusion that trickles down to every individual country. So in one sense, it's isolationist because I'm protecting the country. But on the other hand, we're all collaborating and whatever anyone is doing, others are getting. So it is a global movement of inclusion that literally has spawned when we were just not really expecting it. Uh, I, I was reflecting a little bit and they say, if you are the uh, smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong room. I think I'm definitely in the right room uh, because I, I, I stop and think about how much talent is just among this group of people. And it's, it's inspiring to think what you guys are doing and obviously the, the greater impact as well too. Uh, Roy, obviously you and I have a, have a LinkedIn relationship and, and that's how we connected uh, on some other things. And this how the, kind of how this conversation came to be. But for somebody who has no idea and they want to reach out to you guys, they want to communicate with you guys, they want to support, they want to build it for their own, you know, their own country, their own region. What's the best way to sort of get involved, get communicating with, you know, what, what, would, what would be the recommendation there? So we have an email that's super easy that you can send. It's info at jobsforlebanon.com, I-N-F-O at jobsforlebanon.com. Um, this website is also jobsforlebanon.com. And you can find us all. I mean, right now, um, you can find us all on LinkedIn uh, and connect with us. We all have our first last names. Uh, we can just rename our, our names, put the first last name, so you can just read it. And then, and then if you, you know, I was extremely moved by Fabienne's word earlier. Uh, because she's on the ground and she's feeling everything. She's living it on a daily basis. She has information before we do us expats. So uh, I'm connected to Fabien, but you can totally do that. And you can also keep up with all of our latest news and updates and reach out to us on our social media accounts, YouTube, Facebook, LinkedIn, uh, and uh, Instagram, Jobs for Lebanon. We're easy to find. <laughs> Awesome. Awesome. Well, I want to give, obviously I'll include show notes uh, or include social handles in the show notes when we post it as well too, but uh, maybe Roy, I'll leave this to you. And then if anybody else want to add, is there anything else you want to include just for the audience of people who are going to be listening to it? This will go out to Spotify, Apple music and stuff like that as well too. But is there anything you guys want to sort of leave the audience with as, as they're listening in? I wanted to just add one more thing that's happening on the ground. So a lot of, during the revolution, Jobs for Lebanon came out, a lot of initiatives came out, and it's also part because I don't know if the world knows, but the government doesn't help its people. So they're not very much involved. So the people take care of 
their own people. So if NGOs happen to over to rise, for example, me from the revolution, I started my my own NGO with uh, a couple of friends to help people because the government couldn't help them. And also a lot of people that were becoming jobless, um, they were they were going on the streets and um, they were they were saying that we need to find jobs and the government, the only thing that they had to say was, if you don't like it, then uh, leave, you know? So this was how, this is what their solution was. So Jobs for Lebanon took over and are helping the people by doing that from everywhere, from people here and from people abroad. And they're doing what the government is supposed to do but can't do. Yeah, our message is stay. You can stay, you have opportunities if you stay by creating remote jobs. And it's amazing to see, by the way, that the world is not everywhere, not just in Lebanon, was not fully ready for a remote environment. Corona just hit us. And so seeing that we're a digital first organization that is creating jobs through a very simple product like smart recruiters, but still seeing people struggling. How do I you know, apply? How do I review candidates? How do I hire? Um, now we're reaching out to every single employer, 170, 80 of them, and every single candidate, 1,500 of them so far, and counting and growing exponentially uh, to make sure if they're supported and the testimonials and then the messages that we're reading, we're receiving are heartwarming. So if you are at home and feeling like, if you're not used to like a digital uh, landscape, you're not alone. Uh, all, the whole world is on, in the same boat as you are. Uh, but there are, there, is, there, are, there are ways to bridge, and this is something that a lot of people are bridging right now out of sheer necessity. And I, I, I just want to add a point as well uh, to add some, some flavor to that. So earlier you were mentioning how can um, people in Michigan or, or anywhere in the world get inspired by this, right? Um, you know, it's, it's important to recognize that Anything that's ever been invented that's meaningful has always come uh, when it was needed the most, right? And, you know, th this situation that the whole world is going through right now is almost like a pressure cooker. And usually when you put things in a pressure cooker, they either uh, fuse together and build or they break apart. And so it's extremely important to realize that now is the time for, for people to put their differences apart. Uh, now is the time for, for, for people to um, take matters in their own hands. You know, we, we, we can't wait for governments or entities or someone else to, 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 to fix our problems. You know, um, the, the people, everyone who's, who's going through anything, you can actually impact a lot more than you can. When we first got together, we never, I mean, obviously our, we, we aspired to, to, to create this, this big of a movement, but we, we, you never know what, 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 what can come out of it, right? You, all you can do is put your, your best foot forward, come with the right intention, and, and, and do the best you can. And, and if that can inspire anyone to take matters in their own hands, where they need to, uh, to put their differences aside, and to, to, to work towards a constructive good, um, that would... That would be amazing if, if, if we can inspire someone else to do the same. That's amazing. Well, guys, I just want to say a huge thank you for doing this. This is obviously 
a lot of lessons learned for myself personally, but I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that uh, people can, you know, view this, watch this, learn more, and obviously, you know, be, be motivated to not only help Lebanon, but also think about how they can be involved in their own communities as well, too, and helping their own communities and, and people grow, too. So just a huge thank you for doing this, and I'm excited to post this out and see what sort of traction we can get. So thank you. Uh, thank you, Roy, for organizing, and it's a pleasure to meet all of you as well, too. So thank you. Matt, thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for giving us a voice.